Welcome to the High Vibe Home Podcast, where we explore the ancient art of feng shui and how it can help you create a more harmonious and balanced living space. Whether you're a seasoned practitioner or new to the world of energy flow, this podcast is here to guide you on your journey towards a more intentional and peaceful home. Join us each week as we dive deep into the principles of feng shui, share practical tips for creating a high vibe home, and interview experts in the field of holistic living. Get ready to transform your space and elevate your energy as we explore the intersection of design, spirituality, and well-being. Hello, groovy friends out there. Welcome to the new and amazing High Vibe Home podcast. Um, I'm your host, Nixie Marie. We have evolved the podcast once again, and I'm very actually excited to be back behind the mic. It has been many moons since I've actually gotten to record. There has been so much going on in life. I got married. I'm now a wife and I'm enjoying my married life. We're back on our boat sailing and also have been navigating the world and the new career and shifting things up and changing and kind of the rebirth of Nixie Marie, which has been really focused on getting my master certification in feng shui. And also now I'm in Qigong teacher training. So I've been on this really deep and profound journey the last um, couple of years as so many of us have been kind of in this state of rebirth and renewal as you know, the world got pretty shaken up and there's still a lot of shaking to be done. So I think that if anybody here is also on the rebirth chapter, uh, welcome, welcome back. And I hope that you, if you were a previous New Earth listener, are going to continue to evolve with me and go down the path of feng shui and intentional living so that we can really focus on cultivating not only an environment within our homes, but the shift in, you know, the podcast doesn't mean we're going to turn our attention away from the earth and all the amazing ways that we can focus on regenerating ourselves with her, but, you know, exploring ways that we can live alternatively with the earth. And that might mean going more sustainable, going more green in the space. And to me, feng shui is really all about that because it really brings us back to our connection with nature. So on today's podcast, episode one of the High Vibe Home podcast, rebranded and renewed and a new Nixie and a new energy for you guys all, which I really hope you enjoy. Um, a lot of you that follow me on my personal page kind of helped me and encouraged me to just go for it because I was really struggling for many months, you know, asking myself if it made sense to to rebrand and not really feeling aligned with being scattered all over the place because that's kind of the way I felt with New Earth and now being um, fully committed to and devoted to my practice and consulting with Feng Shui. It has been a hard question to ask myself whether I should close the chapter and, and open up a new one. And as many of you know, as we close one door, another door opens and there's a lot of door symbolism in Feng Shui. So I've been working a lot with that. And um, so as we 
shift together in this new space and this new energy, I wanted to just kick it off with what feng shui actually is, because a lot of you I know are going to be listening. They have no idea, have never really heard it, or maybe perhaps you know a little bit about it, but um, I have been doing a lot of master classes and teaching and uh, consulting now. And the biggest question I think I get is, you know, what is feng shui? (laughs) What actually is it? And I think it's on a lot of people's minds. So we're going to answer that question for you all today. So, you know, and I think when I, you know, take Wikipedia and all the things in the books and throw it out the window, for me, feng shui is connecting nature and the elements into our home so that we are mimicking and honoring that we're not necessarily a part of nature, but we are one with nature. And so it's really the art of bringing nature back into our space so that we can have a more harmonious and well-balanced way of living life. And as many of you know, I mean, nature is my medicine. It's my goddess, my God, my, my religion, my spirituality. And it has been a huge supporter for me on my path. And so Feng Shui just made so much sense to me personally. Um, and the reason why I decided to fully commit to this path is because It is so, I believe in it wholeheartedly. And I'm like, yeah, makes sense to me. You know, we spend so much of our time at home and in our offices. And a lot of times what I see, and I guess my background, for those of you that know, um, prior to being mostly an online business now, I did feng shui consulting with my cleaning business. And that was a, a sort of a test experiment, I will say. It was really learning, going through my training, getting certified, trying to figure out, okay, what is feng shui? Does it really work? Is it, I've definitely got a healthy form of skepticism. So I really needed to go down my own journey to really apply it and see if this magic feng shui is really magic or if there's really some science to it. And I think that's a really big component of why I really found my calling in a sense or my root or one of my callings, since I have many in feng shui, because it really connects us to the energy, right? And if, if you're kind of new to energy flow or you haven't quite understood how to work with energy, you know, I think we can see it in a lot of things, you know, working with energy, with meditation, with yoga, and it's more deeply rooted in us understanding our own energy first and foremost, and how we're creating our environment through the energy in which we actually are creating through our thoughts, our emotions, our, our, our mind and our action and what we say, abracadabra, right? That which we speak is that which we create, And that means we're actually creating our home environment as well. And this is sort of that missing link for me. I guess I didn't quite put that together on my spiritual journey as I didn't quite think about how my home could actually be used not only as a tool for my manifestations and my desires, but also as as an opportunity for me to feel like I actually am supported. I can thrive. My spirituality was not separate from the reality of earth, right? So that we're here on earth, we're actually not always living up in the clouds, right? So that's kind of my my personal opinion and personal connection to feng shui. Now, when you look it up on you know Wikipedia and you say, what is feng shui? You're going to find that it is deeply rooted in geomancy and studying the energies and the energy forces around the earth. And what's interesting too is feng 
Shui literally means wind and water. So my husband always likes to remind me when we're out on our sailboat that I get to connect with those elements that are literally the components of what make up makes up feng shui. Wind being the, the life force, the chi that creates movement and water being the body of what is really we're made up of, right? We're made up of like 80% of water. So we need water. And then wind, without wind, that is what creates life. Because when you look to nature and you see that there's this component of the seasons, right? And without wind blowing the trees and the seeds falling on the ground, there would be no creation. So it really is this beautiful art. And I like to call it an art form because... To me, it is an art. There's an art to it. There's a, you know, like art, there's sometimes a way that we can connect to something but not have an explanation exactly. And sometimes with energy, you can walk into a space and you can be like, I just can't explain why I feel so good, but the energy just feels great, you know, or you walk up to a piece of art and you say, this really has, this has a feeling like art is supposed to emote a feeling and be based on the energy that you're feeling from that piece. And so that is what we're, we're doing within our spaces. A little history too is obviously this is considered to be an ancient Chinese traditional practice and rooted in um, that way of life from the Chinese and the way they look at things is definitely very intentional. You know, it's nothing, nothing was really done without intention and nothing was at, was when we're creating and speaking to feng shui, everything has a purpose just like nature. So the idea of when the Chinese were creating feng shui is that it came down to how do we mimic nature and its natural ability to be just in harmony how do we create that in our homes? And so there was, the story goes that there were monks who were hired to create and build the temple of heaven and the emperor wanted to reign in power. And of course, you know, feng shui actually still to this day, there are some places in China where feng shui is not really sought after to be taught just based on, you know, it's, it's, concepts and its ideas and how uh, in my interpretation of it is back in those times the emperors and the empresses and the kings and the queens all really wanted to rule and and create hierarchy and in today's world we don't we do have hierarchy for sure but we don't necessarily have those you know we're not necessarily commoners living beneath the the emperors and the empresses. So we actually have access to so much more information that allows us to also rule in our lives and be wise and, you know, grow and expand and, and heal and tap into some of that ancient wisdom that was carried on from so many, you know, mystics, seers, monks, shamans, wise women, you name it. And so that's really the interpretation of how and why the Chinese developed this system because of the idea that the empresses and the emperors wanted to rule in power. So I like to say that now we do have access to this wisdom and you, by by utilizing this wisdom, actually get to sit in the seat of your own throne. So it really goes back, I mean, three over 3,000 years. I, I honestly see it in a lot of history when I'm looking and, you know, I travel a lot. So whenever I travel, I try to find 
temples and places where I can go visit and see if there's any similarities in feng shui. And what I find that's really fascinating is that if you even look to the the, temp, the, the pyramids of Egypt, they're the way in which they built, speaking to the pyramids, um, they were set up to align to the solstices. And so to me, these ancient civilizations, like most temples and pyramids were all designed so that the light would come in through the, through the opening of the temple and that the, the, the sun would set at the, the behind, like the, the backyard or the, the back of the temple. And so, and then it would align to these solstices and harness the energy of the sun, the power of the sun, the power of the stars, the power of the cycles of life. And if that's not magic or, you know, a little bit of uh, spirituality and some science in there, because we're looking to the stars for sure and working with the, the, the system and the cycles of the earth, it really blends in all of these components so that they really knew something, you know, they, they knew. And I just think that back in these ancient civilizations, we were so, so much more connected to nature. You know, we didn't have cell phones and computers and technology, and um, we didn't necessarily lived in an enclosed box. I've definitely been uh, obviously living on my sailboat puts me very much connected to nature, but also um, over the last, what was it like three, four months, uh, we were staying in Sayulita, Mexico when we got married and we tried to do the open floor plan, open kind of space living where most of the home was actually open and exposed to the elements. And that was interesting. You know, I felt very vulnerable. I felt very raw. And yet, you know, I spoke to our neighbors at the time and they were explaining that eventually you just feel like you're completely in harmony and one with nature. And cause they were asking me lots of feng shui, you know, insights. And I'm like, well, you guys have a pretty feng shui at home, to be honest, you know, that circular space, they had designed it. It's beautiful. And they're living with nature, you know, and you could take, take out all the things and the rules about feng shui and you can actually just apply you know, living in nature and you're probably closer than you think to having a well-balanced space. But the, the truth of the matter is most homes are built like square boxes. So we're stuck in these spaces and we don't have that much connection to nature, connection to this wisdom, to connection to the truth of who we are, you know, and the more time that I spend in nature, the more time I remember that. And the more time I'm, you know, downloaded or have these deep insights. And so that's really where I see, you know, the mystics, the poets, the, the seers and the monks, they had this connection. And so this is really where they developed this philosophy and how to create a space that was based on nature. So that is really the root of it and a little history on how it kind of got created. Um, But there's, you know, there's a lot of different, there's actually three different types of feng shui, uh, different schools of thought. And so with that being said, I want to, for you to keep in mind when you're learning about feng shui, what exactly the person that is teaching you is teaching from, because there is the classical traditions, which is rooted in the most ancient form of feng shui, which is what I studied and a lot of what I share. Um, there is also the black hat or sect tantric 
uh, feng shui, which is it does not use the, um, and there's a whole, I'll have to go into a whole separate podcast on like what differentiates all of these, um, but it doesn't technically use the bagua in the sense of looking at all the directions. So um, I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself for those that are new to feng shui, but if you stay on this journey and the podcast with me, you will be learning lots more. Um, and the, the other one is the modern sort of new age feng shui. And I do actually resonate with some of that because it is using our intuition, you know, and when it comes to that, it's, it's kind of also connected to our design, um, our design aesthetics in the Western world. So it's not necessarily using like the dragon or the, the Chinese, like, you know, if you go into a, like a nail salon or, um, any type of like Chinese restaurant, there's a lot of symbolisms that are rooted in their culture, right? But then there's also the feng shui symbolisms like the bagua mirror or um, the the Chinese money coins and the frog and the cat that's like, you know, moving its paw and gives you good luck. So those are definitely more the traditional classic side. Um, and then the modern side would use a little more like crystals, um, different elements that are kind of rooted more in that sort of new age spirituality. So keep that in mind when you're learning. Um, There's definitely many different schools of thought, but I prefer to always kind of stay as close to the tradition as possible. And that's really what classical feng shui is. Um, We work with the flying stars system. So this actually is how I do consultations. We, we actually study the energy of your home. It's kind of like a f- astrology reading for your space um, based on the year in which the building was, was built. So it's really so much more than just moving furniture around. And I, I think the best way that I describe it to my students and, <clears throat> and my clients is that you, we, instead of just putting a furniture or a couch in a living space that looks like a living space. We actually look at the Bagua map and which is going to be the next couple episodes here going deeper into the Bagua system, but it's actually going into, okay, where is that living space on the Bagua map and where would it be best located if, if there's an option? And then second, what is the reasoning behind why we're placing the couch this way? Is it in a command position, which is basically you being uh, adjacent to a door in a room so you can always see the door when you're sitting there? Is it, uh, does it allow for open space? Um, it, it, we really get into the intention behind why we're putting things where they are. It's not so much, yes, there's a big design element to it, but it's more about the intention behind the design, not necessarily just saying, oh, this looks good. So let's just keep it that way, right? Maybe, yes, it's going to look good, but is it actually going to support you? And is it going to make you feel at peace and in balance with your life? And that's the big key thing here is if it's a office space, you know, is your office space going to be set up so that it supports you? Or is it totally not allowing you to be productive, motivated, or any of those things that allow you to move forward in life and actually create a successful career? It's really about the why. um, And it, it really involves not just the intention, but how you're gonna feel on your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being path. So when you know you come into a home that has a lot of clutter and maybe this is your home. You know, I've been there. We all have our 
guilty pleasures of clutter in a certain space. And so when you feel out of balance or chaotic, this can often lead to a cluttered space. So we really just want to focus on, you know, what it is that we're feeling. How is our body feeling when we're in a room, in our home? And this is what Feng Shui really highlights. So some of the key principles are rooted in what I like to call the Fab Fives. So we look at the feng shui fundamentals as a, as a guidebook and a rule on how we can create this harmony in our space. So this is going into the how, right? How do we create good feng shui? Because yes, we could base it all on feeling and intuition, but there is actually a, a, a science and numbers that we use in order to create that harmony. So the number one fundamental of feng shui is actually the five elements, water, wood, fire, earth, and metal. And these elements we use in our space in balance so that we can either create a remedy or a cure based on the lack of another element. So for example, if there's a lot of uh, wood element in your space and there's not enough water or there's not enough fire, there's not enough balance of everything in your space, we're going to look to see what elements we need to put there. And so this is where usually with consulting, we look at the overall energetics of your space through the flying stars. And then we assess what, what actual remedies need to be made with the elements. So it's about kind of adding and, you know, adding and maybe letting go of some of the elements that are not needed or placing water where the water is best this year or placing fire where fire and, and purpose and passion is needed. And you're going to be learning a lot about the elements in this um, on this podcast and many episodes to come because there's uh, there's so much to it and it's not easy to just explain in one uh, podcast. So we really want to you know focus on the five elements. Um, the other thing is yin and yang. Yin and yang is how we create masculine and feminine energy and a balance of the light and the dark in our homes. And a lot of times I often see that there is a lot of yang energy in our spaces because we live in a very doing, doing, doing patriarchal world where we're taught to be in our masculine. That's what's okay. Get everything done. You know, be the boss, hustle, grind, all those things. And what we're being invited into as we move into the age of Aquarius. And also we just went through a lot of the pandemic and all of that disruption in our nervous system, which kind of invited us into that big pause, right? That was the yin, the feminine, the softness, the flowing. And so we really want to make sure that we have yin in our space. And this, this could cause a light bulb for some of you guys to like go off right now, because you probably didn't think about your space being in terms of yin and yang, right? Maybe you didn't think like, oh, there's a, a lot of masculine energy going on in here. Like, no wonder I feel burnout all the time. Um, is there flowers in your space? Does it have a good little a feminine touch to it? What do you need between you and your partner, between you and your roommates to feel like you guys are both in balance? So it gets really deep in terms of balancing the elements for you, not only you, but also those you live with. So that's another big component of it is the yin and the yang. Another huge factor of the feng shui fundamentals is qi. Qi is everything when it comes to understanding energy flow. Qi is literally the life force, the prana that moves through 
you, your space, everything has qi. And the way that the Chinese describe qi is really the breath of life. So when you take that inhale and you breathe, let's everybody take an inhale, breathe in, and you exhale out through the mouth. That is your life force. That is your qi. And everything, your organs, your internal space, your mind, your your feet, all these have these chi different frequencies. And so we are therefore learning how we can create good chi in our home. And there are things that create good chi and there there are things that create not so good chi, which is the difference is sha and si chi. And so when we are seeing spaces that are really cluttered or they're not clean and there's dust everywhere, that is going to create a negative chi in your space, which is considered to be sha chi. It is harmful energy, which can be formed in not so good situations and lead to what we kind of say is unfortunate or misfortune in your life and not so good circumstances. So we don't really want this to happen. And this is sometimes when I work with clients or I'm listening to students and hearing of some mishaps or even myself, because I totally had a very stubborn moment with, you know, Taurus rising over here. I didn't want to listen to my feng shui self. And uh, one year last year in 2022, uh, I, we, you know, there's a five. So every year, I'm going to get into story time here. Every year, the numbers change, the annual numbers change upon the flying stars chart. And if you guys have taken my, uh, any of my classes, probably my more annual feng shui reports, you know, that the flying stars change every year. So we've got to make some alterations to our space and make some changes to make sure that we are still honoring the new energies and um, well, and letting go of the old. So there was a five last year. Now we're in a four when really good peach blossom, romance, love, all this good stuff is happening this year in the center of the Bagua map. So that's really good. But last year it was a five and there's good and bad numbers in Feng Shui, which kind of leads me to the next importance is these numbers, understanding the numbers, they're all connected to an element. And that being said, the five is not a great, really not a great number to have in your bedroom or activate that space. So there's some years that it's good to activate a space in your home and other years it's not. And some practitioners get very, very serious about whether you should or shouldn't even use a bedroom. And I kind of really wanted to be a bit of a rebel that I am. And honestly, just uh, in our home in Topanga, we have our bedroom in the center of our home. So that's where that five was. And uh, my master teacher had instructed us to not sleep in that bedroom this year. And I said, well, that's just crazy. How am I going to move my bed? I mean, yes, it's a four bedroom home and we have a guest bedroom, but that just sounds silly. I don't really want to do that. Right. And that year in February, right after the Feng Shui New Year, I got in an, a car accident. And so I've been dealing with that actually too a lot last year. Um, going to, got, you know, neck injury, all this stuff. So these are kind of things that, you know, when we have certain things happening in our life, we look to the energetics of our home to see if there's anything that could potentially be contributing or supporting those mishaps. Now, this is where some people, skeptics skeptics, and um, those non-believers maybe, which I know a lot of you here probably are not those people because we definitely love to pay attention to energy and how it affects us in our life. 
So this is where we just kind of have to play around with things. And this is where we pay attention to these signs and the things that our home, that our home is really telling us. Um, we could even be in homes that are completely not good, not only just for our homes, but also in our external spaces, like the geography of our, of our homes. So there's a lot to the energies and the cheese. And that was sort of my rant on chi and how I didn't pay attention to my own advice. But that's where, you know, the learning curve and the learning of what feng shui is for me, the reason why it took me five years, you know, to really learn, integrate, and now step into the role of teacher. So that has been my big lesson. I've learned a lot. There's a lot of experiences I've personally had with feng shui and how it's helping and supporting myself, my marriage, my career, using it to maximize my personal well-being. And so that is the big component when it comes to chi, you know, paying attention to the energy that's moving through the space. So you'll hear me talk about chi a lot. And I love that it really brings us back to our breath and just the simplicity of paying attention to those subtleties in our lives and the energy around us. So those are some of the three key feng shui fundamentals that make up the art of feng shui and as a whole. And by applying these principles to your living spaces, you can create a more supportive and nurturing environment that helps you to achieve your goals, reduce your stress and cultivate a greater sense of peace and well-being in your home. So guys, that's pretty much feng shui in a nutshell. And in future episodes, we're going to be exploring some of these principles in much more depth and detail, as well as sharing my practical tips for creating a high vibe home. Thank you all so much for listening and embarking on this new journey with me. I really hope and encourage you to stay with me on this path. If you have been interested in learning feng shui or connecting to energy flow. It is going to be a beautiful one. We're going to be back to weekly episodes. So welcome back to the podcast and I'll see you guys next time on High Vibe Home. Thanks so much for tuning in to the High Vibe Home podcast. My name is Nixie Marie, your lovely host and groovy guide to all things feng shui. If you are loving this podcast and the new vibes here, please go and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you are tuning into the show. This will help grow our audience and also allow me to expand upon topics and hear what you guys are loving about the show. So if you have any questions or any comments, please go ahead and follow us on Instagram. It is Nixie underscore Marie or the podcast Instagram is High Vibe Home Pod. Definitely can't wait to meet you all and connect with you there. Bye for now, everyone.